0: You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we're creating a culture of courage, compassion, and connection to overcome the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds topics such as sexuality and pornography. We're your hosts, Chriselle Simons and Creed Orm.
1: Before we get into the topic, we want to recognize the sponsor of today's episode, And Protect Young Minds has an amazing book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids. This is an internationally acclaimed, trusted, read aloud picture book that parents can use to teach their children what pornography is, why it's dangerous, and how to reject it. My favorite part about this book is the five-point can-do plan, which teaches kids exactly what to do to protect their young minds when they see pornography. And you all know me. I'm a huge fan of teaching kids healthy sexuality, and a big part of that is teaching them how to reject pornography, and that's what this book does. It helps parents teach kids in a natural and normal setting, reading a picture book that explains the science behind a pornography addiction, why it's damaging to the heart and mind, and then teaches kids what to do when they see pornography. That's why I would recommend this book to anybody who is a future parent, who is a parent now, and who knows parents who are passionate about teaching their kids healthy sexuality and rejecting pornography. I hope you all enjoy this book as much as I do.
0: Welcome back, listeners. We are so excited to, once again, be breaking the silence with Laura M. Brotherson, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified sex therapist, and I happen to be one of her biggest fangirls. girls. I am so grateful that we get to hear from her. She has done some incredible work in this area and written three books. The first one is, And They Were Not Ashamed. The next one is Knowing Her Intimately, and her latest book, which I think everyone should own and give to everyone that they know, is From Honeymoon to Happily Ever After, 23 Keys to Prepare for a sex Marriage. Such a good book. I am so grateful I finally got my hands on it, and it's so wonderful. So shout out to that book. And today we are going to be continuing our discussion on raising the bar in our intimate relationships. And this is a handout a discussion something that we will link in our show notes that Laura has created where she breaks down the characteristics of healthy versus unhealthy sexuality. And this is such a powerful list and such a powerful document that, that we wanted to make sure that we dedicated at least two of our episodes to it, as well as make sure that it's in your hands. And so we will make sure that that's linked in the show notes. So check it out and on our website. And yeah, Laura, we're so grateful to have you with us. Wonderful to be here. So continuing
1: our conversation from the last episode, one characteristic that I really wanted to touch upon, because on this podcast, we talk a lot about connecting, Yeah. how connection is so powerful as human beings. It is so helpful in all aspects of our lives and characteristic number five says that healthy sexuality is connection based, right. focused focused on the person, focused on connection, and quote unquote, good enough sex, right. while unhealthy sexuality is performance based, focused on physical acts and or on outcome, climax, efficiency, performance, and so on. So could you describe that one for me? I love this, this topic of, of connection. So how can couples connect truly in, in sex?
2: we're trying to make this something that we share and we mutually kind of connect over not something that like a wife does for her husband to get her off her case You know, one thing that a lot of couples run into is just, for example, a lot of women struggle to even have an orgasm. That's a little more difficult for women than it tends to be for men. And so even just sometimes being performance-based where we're so focused on, okay, did she have an orgasm? Just performance issues, performance anxiety, performance focus, goal-oriented sex, all of that fits into the unhealthy sex category, whereas we're looking for connection something we share you know and even someone that's even a couple that's working on trying to figure out how to have an orgasm for her we're, we're focused on just connecting and the the climax is an involuntary response anyway so it's something that's going to happen from kind of a relaxed it's a concept also i call surrender where you totally have faith in everything turning out exactly how you want it to you just don't need it to so you t- total faith total surrender. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what that also talks about where you're letting go of the focus on a certain outcome of any kind. It can also be an issue if we're dealing with premature ejaculation or rectal dysfunction, because we're thinking so much about performance that we're in our heads and not just present.
1: I love that because I think our bodies kind of know what to do. It, it knows what it likes it. And mm-hmm. if we just let go on and just focus on connecting with our partner yeah that just sounds amazing and just everything will unravel the way as naturally as it as it should and could and and you can just enjoy that aspect of it could you explain what it means here when it says quote unquote good enough sex
2: yeah before i go there real quick i just have to comment on why i chuckled with what you were saying it's because i was just telling my my son and his roommates i've got a college age son but i was saying think about it guys guys are a little bit more familiar with their sexuality because they're they touch their sexual body parts all the time cuz when they go to the bathroom women don't we're you know if we don't think about it and you know learn about it we don't know that much about it and so it isn't quite as natural as we would like to think it is mm. If, if you get what i 'm saying creed right. She, you probably know what I mean here too, but there is a little bit of learning, and there is a kind of a lot of trial and error, and it 's a little bit easier for a man to know what's, what 's what they 're going to like and what to do because it 's kind of simple ish. It's right. a little bit harder for women because we've got this focus where male sexuality is very penis focused, whereas female sexuality is clitoris focused. And so a lot of women aren't super familiar with that. And a lot of men aren't super familiar with that. And so that's why it's not quite as simple as we'd like to think it is, if right. that makes sense.
1: No, thank you so much for explaining that. That's that's why we have you. We need we need to know this stuff. This is an education. We have to get learned, it's a skill. <laughs> Might be bumpy at the start, but still
2: great. Can be still yep. great, and then it's all a process. So thank you very much for explaining yeah. that. Yeah. And real quick, the answer to your other question is good enough. Sex is just a model that a couple of other sex therapists have have created. It's good. I struggle just a little with it, just because I'm always trying to go for awesome. That's kind of mm. my thing. In my opinion, kind of where the, the really value of that model comes from is just letting imperfection be good enough. That's another really important part of that model as well. It's good enough. It doesn't have to be perfect every time.
1: Love that. I think that definitely helps with the, the focusing on what's most important aspect right. of it, which is connection. Thank you for you explaining that.
0: Yeah, that's what I love about that is it focuses it more on the connection and like the being together rather than the outcome, right, which is really good. So, coming back to another one of these, which I think you led us right into this in such a good way, is multidimensional versus one dimensional. Right. What does that look like?
2: We're trying to not have it just be a physically based experience. This isn't just a sexual release for the husband, for example, we're trying to make it multidimensional. And so we're talking about emotional intimacy. We're talking about spiritual intimacy. I, I'm thinking of a, uh, I've got multiple clients I can think of that they just said, Laura, I just don't think my husband understands how much our spiritual connection plays into the sexual relationship for me. And, and for a lot of men, that's like foreign language we're talking right now. And so that's kind of why I had to have this as a separate item, is so that people understand that emotional, spiritual, in addition to physical.
0: That is so beautiful. As a single person, how could a person develop this?
2: And that's kind of why I, create, I wrote the From Honeymoon to Happily Ever After book, because I walk through all of the things that people need to be doing before marriage. We still haven't made the shift to understand that we actually can work on this and prepare for this before marriage in very healthy, chaste ways. And, and part of it is just working on your own sense of self, especially as a woman. You know, if you don't have a pretty solid sense of self, it's pretty hard to get naked for your husband, FYI. You know, and so even just working on things like that, working on the comfort with sexuality, with being able to talk about sex, for heaven's sakes, we can't really do much with something if we can't even talk about it. And that's why I love, love, love what you guys are doing with breaking the silence. You know, I've been doing this for close to 20 years now and just trying to get us to change the air about sexuality is one of the ways that I've spoken about it. So embracing and, and learning about sexuality, getting comfortable with the content that the topic of it and getting knowledgeable about it. And just working on your own differentiation is one of the words we call it your own wholeness. I've told my kids, I mean, and, and anyone that ever asked, how do I find a great spouse? And I say, well, work on yourself. Work on being your best self, because you are then more likely to attract someone else that's being their best self. And don't just wait for marriage to work on all these things. You can do it before.
0: I really love that so much, because that's so true. That is so, so true. I think that in our culture, and I think a lot of young single adults feel this, where we had such an emphasis on marriage is such an important part of our doctrine, of our plan, of our progression in this life, that if that doesn't happen in your life, then you're not progressing. And and I think that's such a harmful state of mind. And for me, when I was single, I often felt very devastated and stuck and like I couldn't move forward because all of my other friends like were having kids and like had this relationship but that they were always building and working on and I didn't have that for so many years and I'm so grateful that my therapist kind of slapped me in the face and he didn't actually slap me in the face because we always (laughs) a met over Skype and b yeah but like with the idea of no, work on yourself. Like this is the perfect time to continue to invest in who you are and who you're becoming and everything that you just talked about, Laura, because that helped me to get to a place where I, I love myself enough to own who I am and to, to really be present in who I am. And, and again, I think that's a life journey. Like it's not like, Oh, I did it. Check mark. Like I'm good. No. Yeah. You got it. But that's so, so true. That, that who we are is not, and our value isn't dependent on our relationship status or any of those kind of things, but that we can work on all of this and develop healthy sexuality wherever we're at and whatever stage of life we're in.
2: And just remember, especially for singles that are listening, because the more you can just work on your healthy wholeness, the better off because it changes two things. It gives you a better, healthier, awesomer life, but it also changes who you attract. So I tell my kids, I've got two that are still not married, two sons, eligible bachelors, FYI, (laughs) they're going to kill me again because I've said that now twice and they're going to kill me. Um, But work on being your best whole self. and, And there's a lot of work. I mean, I'm thrilled that you went to see a counselor. I think everybody can use a counselor, especially before marriage. Don't wait for marriage. Marriage will definitely bring up stuff that you need to work on. But boy, the more you can work on stuff before marriage, the better off you are.
1: Yeah, completely agree. And your book, your latest book, but all your books help with that. I really like how your latest book has before marriage, before after marriage, and after marriage sections, and just lists so well and and, in such a good way. Just all these different aspects, like you said, I feel like will empower singles and couples to be more whole with with all parts of themselves. I, I'm such a fan of people like you so that we can kind of change this culture of making sexuality something that we learn about on, on a regular basis so that it's, it's because it's such an integral part of us and, and it just makes us more whole. If, yeah. if we don't focus on it, then we're not whole.
2: Well, and especially to take the taboo away. That's my main goal is just, you know, you guys talk about the shame and the secrecy and the fear, but I just want people to be able to talk about it and not faint. And just be normal and have a conversation, you know, and that's tough to do. They've got to actually learn some things and then practice. Yes. Practice practice talking to people. You guys tell people, go out and tell 10 people. I say, go out and talk to people, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the same thing. But, you know, do a book club with your roommates and bring up a conversation about something sexually. You know, there's so much to talk about that isn't inappropriate. Correct. Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I really love that. And that leads me into the next one I wanted to talk about, which was passion
2: versus lust. Ooh, I love that one. Yeah. So look, tell us about it. Okay. So I just love that because, you know, there's so much discussion out there, especially in the social media realms about passion and lust. And I wrote about it, obviously, in this list, and people can see that. But I mean, if you at all try to look into the doctrine of the gospel and look into the scriptures, you can see that lust is used in a, negative unhealthy light all we're saying is passion is the healthy version of what people want to say lust is i mean lust is just a little bit more in that objectifying self-serving carnal appetite for a physical experience alone you know it there's a desensitization that comes with lust where you need more and more of it it's just kind of never enough whereas passion is exactly what i'm talking about sex extraordinary yeah. this is not we're not talking boring sex here this is great fun stuff, but we're just putting it into a different tone, a different space than lust. Because passion is definitely still energetic, ardent enthusiasm, desire, love for one's spouse sexually. So it's all of the things that you dream about or even see in unhealthy ways, but it's in God's context is what passion is.
1: Yes. Because that's, uh, he wants us to, well, God wants us to feel to the fullest our experiences in a good way because that's what he gives us and it's possible yeah sex is god's wedding
2: gift to a husband Mm. and wife you know it's we forget that god is a big deal here he created this and we just we've kind of let satan and this is what you guys are your whole organization about but we've kind of let satan just run roughshod over this whole topic and it really ticks me off actually yeah (laughs) It makes me mad because it's just, he's found a way to get really good people to stay away from this topic and just give Satan full access to it. That Mm. makes me crazy. Totally. I agree.
0: What would it look like for in your perfect world for us to be focused on the passion and to create a culture of passion?
2: I think just even just the one thing of removing a lot of that, tabooness around the topic would do a lot for it because it's not like people are walking around being sexually passionate it's not that's not even what we're asking for we're just we're just making space for it we're just making it an option that passion is what we're shooting for passion is what what this looks like instead of instead of all the young women and some young men too but couples coming into marriage kind of being mortified by the concept of sex and you know having sex for the first time it's sort of just a familiar comfortable sacred still topic if that makes sense
0: yeah. I really love that. And I love that you included that it's still sacred. It's yep. still very beautiful. Um, but it's no longer like secret or off limits or, or awkward. Awkward.
2: Yep. Awkward. That's a great word for that's it. A big word for sex. I mean, I-, I just want people to not have to be awkward. Yeah. And that's why I'm so grateful for people like you. And I love that Brooke Walker at you know, KSL Studio 5 has me on all the time talking about sex because it just, we just need enough people out there in the air putting healthy, affirming sexual air out there so that people can just, I think Rachel talked about this, where you just, you know, just when, when other people are being just normal and natural and healthy about sexuality, you kind of, everyone gets a piece of that almost.
0: Totally. Yeah. And I think it creates space for that to continue on. Yeah. Whereas if we just keep silent and we fix it hopefully in our own lives or like we we have that in our li- own lives and we don't create that space then it doesn't grow and it, and saying still wins jerk. Yep. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So I love this. And that's exactly why we created this podcast. Like coming back to that is we wanted to not only focus on how harmful and, and horrible pornography and unhealthy sexuality has been, but how do we then create the opposite? Right. How do we, how do we shift that? And that's, that's probably my next question for you is Say you've had human experiences, and you notice that you have unhealthy sexual patterns in your life, of whatever type.
2: Yeah, pick <laughs> your pick, 20. Options. Yeah,
0: yeah. Pick, pick your four. 17 of them. I'm just kidding. Maybe it's not 17. Probably just three. Yeah, probably yeah exactly. three three <laughs> um what do you do or what can you do as as a single person and in a relationship what can you do to work on that to shift that to view sexuality in more of a a light yeah a healthy light yeah to, to tag think-
1: on to that Chriselle, i yeah if you can ex- talk a little bit about because a lot of our listeners have struggled with pornography sure. and that has been our sexual script that has been what was taught to us because we didn't have any other teacher at the time. What can people like that do, like us?
2: Yeah, I love, it It just comes to mind, you know, a therapist who called me to get a bulk order of books because he was having his men's group read my book because he just wanted them to get a feel for what healthy sexuality even looks like. I mean, any of these books, you're just starting to relearn what that looks like. And so when you've been kind of pornified, which we all are, have been just You know, even just in our society, even if you haven't officially seen a lot of pornography, it's kind of everywhere a little bit. And so, just having a way to kind of relearn sexuality. And so, that's kind of that education process, that's that learning process, part of the reprogramming. So, in my first book, and they were not ashamed, chapter two is every single scripture quote from prophets and apostles that I could find. Everything I just, I basically, when I wrote that chapter, I just said, Okay, Heavenly Father. We don't have a lot to go on about what healthy sexuality is, whatever. Show me everything you can find. You can direct me to I stuff I can put in one place so that people can, I have, I, I have clients where I say, you just listened to chapter two of that for, and they were not ashamed over and over and over program out, pull out all those mental weeds and plant in all of those mental flowers regarding sexuality. So that's one. Is get that, just get that reprogramming in there. I love what Chriselle talked about too, just you know, having a counselor that can help you with this because they can help you pull out even a good counselor that isn't a sex therapist because they're we're kind of hard to find, can help you undo some of these negative patterns, habits, and pornography or whatever the kind of drug of choice is we all have things that are kind of a draw for us and they really are just ways that we manage stress, manage mood. So everybody needs to work on that. Sometimes we need the help of a professional who kind of knows how to do that, to help you with that. So there's, there's a couple tools right there. really love
0: those tools. I think that's so helpful and such a great place to start. And I also, I, I was just thinking as you were sharing this, Just to remind, as you go through life, as you find things, as you learn about yourself, as you learn about maybe new ways of doing things, please give yourself so much grace. You've been through heck and back. You've experienced life. You're living life. And that's why you're feeling whatever you're feeling. And that's why a savior came. And that's why there is so much hope. You don't have to be stuck anymore. You can shift that and change that. And I hope that that's your takeaway. (laughs) As you listen to these episodes, as you're like, wow, that really hit home for me. Remember that there is so much hope that whatever your experience is, you can rewrite that. Whatever your, the story that has played out in your life so far, that can be resolved. That can be made whole again. And that's one of my favorite messages of all of your books. I've read them all now. <laughs> I love them so much is that wholeness is so possible. Yep. And it's maybe not something that you feel all of the time, but it is something that is available all of the time.
2: And Chriselle, with that too, just, uh, just to put a, a star on that is even though maybe a lot of your listeners are struggling with a particular issue like pornography, every one of us has something that kind of has us. And I think the Lord does that on purpose so that every one of us on a day-to-day basis have to turn to the Lord and say, I need you. I can't, I can't do this alone. And that's exactly what you've said. And so I want to normalize whatever the particular issue is that any particular list, listener is having is that everybody's got something and everybody needs the savior, a partnership with the savior so much more personally and intimately than we sometimes teach in Sunday school class. And that is how every one of us can be whole. And that's how every one of us can actually have a sex marriage.
0: Love it. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Laura, for sharing your wisdom, for sharing your passion, for sharing all of these incredible things. And listeners, please check out her books. If you don't already own them, buy them for yourself and for everyone that you know. Give them it. every wedding you go to is the perfect wedding gift. If you're like, oh, I don't know what to get this person. They don't need more bowls. They actually
2: need these books. Yes. And before they get married, don't look yes. laughter.
1: 16 years old.
2: Any- <laughs> yes. We don't need any more honeymoon <laughs> horror stories, okay? <laughs> And then they come see me 15 years later and it's just, we're trying to prevent all of that.
0: Yes, exactly. Yes. So share, share these wonderful resources with the people that you care about and love because it is so, so worth it. So worth it. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you listeners. Thank you for listening to breaking the silence by reach 10, help us create a new culture of connection by sharing what you heard today with at least 10 people Please help us reach more young adults by going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. We share these views to open the dialogue on these tough issues. We are not professionals and the ideas shared on this podcast should not be taken as professional advice. The opinions and views that our hosts and guests share do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10, and we don't guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard on this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture.